I'm sitting here in my bedroom, wrapped in one of my biggest, coziest sweatshirts. Not one of my biggest, coziest sweatshirt, full stop. Uh, a little chilled, but feeling warm. It's a Thursday, and I'm looking out my window at a beautifully cloudy, drizzly spring day. One version of perfect walking weather. There's a light breeze. There are buds on the tree outside my window. And one thing that feels like it's missing is a cup of tea. I don't drink much tea. I'm, at least at this point in my life, much more of a coffee drinker and would love to have some coffee, but not actually. It's just, it's more the the warmth, the gestalt of the coffee rather than the particular thing of coffee. And I think I might try to have tea with me at future recording times. So we'll see. Part of that is also because I had a salad with cheese in it, um, goat cheese for lunch, and I have been clearing my throat. I apologize if that happens or if I'm swallowing a lot. Anyway, I'm imagining that tea would help clear that too. So maybe next time. But for today, I think I'm going to talk about fear and challenge and growth and some of my intentions with this project, this podcast, and... um yeah, see where it takes me. So after I recorded the trailer episode a couple days ago, I was really surprised to listen back. So I finished the recording that will end up being the trailer episode. I could just feel when I finished, like, that's it. But just to be sure, I listened back again, and I was really surprised to find that I didn't mind hearing my voice. And I had no, no problems with it. There was one long pause, and I haven't decided yet whether I'm going to cut that out or not um, because I think it's long enough that people might say, oh, what happened with my podcast app? Did it glitch? Uh, and I don't want that. Anyway, aside from that one long pause, I really not only didn't dislike it, but I actually liked it. It just felt good. I felt that flow in listening back to it that I had felt in recording it. And I think I listened to it twice all the way through. The second time definitely chopped up because I was um, taking care of my baby girl and maybe going on walks, changing diapers, talking to my mom a little bit. Anyway, there were interruptions. But I think I listened to it twice all the way through and felt really good about it and was on this high. And I kept thinking the phrase, I have a podcast. You know, it was like this shifted me into it being a hypothetical to this being real. And even though I haven't hit publish yet, um, it feels like the raw material is complete and the hardest part is done. So I just kept thinking, I have a podcast. And that felt so uplifting and so good because I've been wanting to do this for so long. And then... At a certain point, I don't remember when it was or if there was something in particular that triggered it, but I started getting the spins, the the mental, emotional 
psychological spins and feeling like my sense of reality, not just around I have a podcast, but around being a person in this world and this world as reality and my and trusting my senses, all of that started to get a little looser, a little messier. And I felt my grip on the sense of reality I take for granted every day loosening. And not in a feel-good way, not in a way like a psychedelic trip ooh, look at this opening, this is going to change my life forever kind of way. This was more um, scary. And uh, let's see what's coming to mind. or What's coming through my body is a feeling of like tinniness, like things are just a little bit off and echoing. Like when you, or, you know, like when you walk by something that rattles, it's that rattle. That's what I'm kind of feeling in my body right now as I call up that sense. And I, it included the podcast. I started wondering, do I make sense? Does this make sense? What does it mean to have recorded this? What, what am I saying? Did I say anything of actual meaningfulness? Not just did I say something helpful or did I say something accurately, but it was like, do I make sense? Is there logic to make? You know, there's just these really foundational assumptions were rattling. And the next morning, I had a meeting with some really insightful, intuitive, sensitive, reflective, perceptive badass colleagues. And I shared that, you know, we were sharing wins and I said, well, I recorded my first episode and that felt really good. And then I got the spins. And I think that's a win too, because I, I'm seeing, I'm learning about my process and making this, and maybe that's just part of the process that I'll get the spins. Um, oh, I can hear my baby girl crying right now downstairs. She's with my mom. And that just took me, took my mind away. So let me get it back. Okay. So I'm going to pause there with that. What I shared to my colleagues and step in a different direction and I'll come back to that. So this phenomenon happens pretty often when I learn something new or when, when the timing is right where I encounter a new practice or idea or frame, whatever it is, at the right moment, at the right place, and it roots itself in me. It, I take it in. I learn it. Those roots really get tangled up with other roots. You know, it gets, I assimilate it. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes subconsciously, sometimes all at once, often more organically, gradually over the course of my life, this idea kind of embeds and spreads. And then it blends with other things that I know or am exploring or have learned to the point where a few things happen. And I'm talking like this might be minutes, this might be days, 
often it's years that this thing, this idea, this sense, this way of seeing, whatever it is, um, becomes a part of me. So one of the things that happens is I lose the ability to separate it or to separate it easily from the other things that I know to say this was a distinct idea once. This is where I learned it. This is how I learned it or from whom. Uh, So sometimes when I really want to give credit to somebody, the credit isn't there for me to give because I don't remember where it came from. I will do my best to give credit where it's available to me, um, or I will make an effort to find out if it's something that I think is really particular that I took in whole cloth from some somewhere else or something else, as opposed to something that's kind of part of the collective subconscious at this point or the collective conscious. Um, another thing that happens when I learn something that deeply, when something takes root is that it's hard, part of it being hard to separate or see as a distinct object is I almost forget that I've learned it or I think it's obvious and I don't think this consciously most of the time, it's more of a subconscious feeling, but that it feels like everybody knows this, that this is obvious to everybody. So it goes without saying. So I doubt the utility in sharing it. And even if I can articulate it as a distinct idea, so there's this self-doubt and this this pre-censoring from sharing it, even if I if if it's a part of my consciousness that I think might be helpful or useful or that I just am experiencing and want to talk about. So it's hard for me to go back in time and form to the place, to the me before I knew that, before it became a part of my being and to relate to people who may not be familiar with this piece of knowing. Again, and part of that is just self-doubt. Like how could I know something that other people don't know? But when I say that out loud, duh, everybody knows things that other people don't know. We're all unique beings filtering things uniquely, sifting through things uniquely. So one of my biggest intentions with this project is to notice those nuggets that, ha- that are really useful for me, that, I, that are important and practical pieces of my foundation of my embodiment of how I see the world or you know um, mental tricks or physical practices or just whatever these tidbits are or nuggets big small that are have been helpful for me, that are helpful for me, that I rely on or that have been really impactful for me. I want to notice those so that I can share them. So I want to start to tease those out. And like I said, I'll I'll give credit when and where I can, when and where it feels important. 
I never want to take credit for somebody else's sharing. Mm, Okay, so with that, there are a couple things that I want to share that are really useful to me, practices that I use in my own life that I've shared with clients. The first one is naming it, specifically fear. When I feel a fear or uh, am particularly anxious, I found that in many situations, if I name that fear out loud to a person who's engaged in the thing that is making me afraid, um, maybe an audience member if I'm giving a presentation or um, somebody I'm meeting for the first time, if I name it, it frees both of us up from focusing on it, from getting distracted by that fear that is in the room, whether it's through... um, my body language, or if it's just kind of this felt sense. So one example from my own life is when I was in grad school to become a counselor, I early on, I think it was the first semester, I stood up in front of a class of maybe 20 people in my cohort, 20 other students to share um, something having to do with a theoretical framework. And I had chosen Gestalt. And I was holding a pen in my hand and my hand was shaking. I was planning to draw something on the whiteboard. So I had this whiteboard marker. And before I got into the meat of my presentation, somehow I named the shaking. Because my my whole, it wasn't just my hand, my body was shaking. I mean, you you could feel my nervous energy. And just by doing that, and I did it with a smile, I could feel all of the tension in the room go away because it was like I had brought this wave of tension up with me and everybody could feel my nervousness. And maybe they were nervous for their own presentations or ruminating if they had already gone. But the whole room just let out a sigh and I saw these smiles and people leaned back in their chairs and I leaned back a little bit and I moved more freely. I talk with my hands and my body a lot and I could feel the energy flowing more. It didn't stop the shaking right then. I think I did stop shaking by the end of the presentation. But what it did is it allowed us all to focus on something else because we weren't spending energy trying to ignore it. They weren't spending energy um, on sympathy for me or on embarrassment, you know, vicarious embarrassment, whatever it is, I freed up this energy. So, um, One of the fears, as I go through this, I will probably name more fears that come up as I'm wading into being more visible, more audible. One of the fears that comes up a lot for me that I'm working on naming accurately is that if if I am more visible in the world, everyone I have ever known will dismiss and or mock me And as that fear comes up, I imagine seeing me through their eyes as some horrific failure, but not just like a failure of a human being, but a failure to be human. Like I am this amorphous blob that is disgusting and bizarre that they cannot understand. And that gets to maybe the heart of it or another related fear is that I don't make sense. And one of 
the ways that I relate to that fear is by recognizing that by having that fear over and over and over again, it's already happening or to a part of my being, it's already experiencing it. They're already doing that. And of course, this isn't the real people, but it's the mental images I have of them and, you know, they're representing other things in my mind, but in my imagination, they are already laughing at me, laughing me into a corner. But the thing is, I'm already in a corner by pulling up those fears that have nothing really to do with any of the particular people. I am putting myself in that corner, keeping myself in this cave, keeping myself in this eddy and out of the flow. And that's what I don't want to do anymore, or one of the things. So as that fear comes up, welcome, my longtime companion on this journey with me. Uh, I don't even need to say welcome. You've been here. You are here. Hello. I acknowledge you. And I'm going to keep going. So naming it. Name the awkwardness. Name the fear. Name what you're afraid of. Not in every situation, but in a lot of situations, it frees up the energy and allows you and the other person or the other people to focus on what's really what's more important, the thing that you're wading through the fear to do or to say. The second thing that I want to share is this idea that of zones, imagine like three concentric circles. The innermost circle is your comfort zone. And the next ring out is, there's a lot in there, but let's just call it challenge. And then the next ring out is overwhelm. So I don't know where this idea came from. I would love to get give credit for it. It might be one of those um, pieces, images that are just, uncreditable at this point, but I have a feeling there's somebody very specific who first drew this in recent history. Anyway, I don't know who that person is. Thank you if you're listening. Uh, Please let me know if you happen to know who that is. But I find this a really useful image, a really useful concept for me. When I got the spins the other day, what happened is I went from I stepped out of my comfort zone into this challenge zone and I felt a success. Like I met this challenge. I worked through hard stuff and I did the thing that I wanted to do. And then I slipped over into overwhelm because it was so new that I don't have a solid foundation for what it feels like to have recorded a podcast, to be prepared to publish it, to be on that particular ledge of visibility, of audibility. That was new to me. And in that novelty, as my mind and body were trying to make sense of these new feelings and this new perspective, I slipped over into overwhelm where these these fears, these doubts came up of, I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I might not make sense. You know, these core fears. And if I don't make sense, if I'm not understandable by the tribe, then I will be left on my own and I can't survive on my own. You know, these very core human anxieties were coming up in that overwhelm zone. So I had to reach out and use practices or, you know, maybe just 
subconsciously, I reached for things to get back into the challenge zone, to get back to the comfort zone as fast as possible. Because that's what we need to do when we're in overwhelm. We can't help anybody when we're in overwhelm. We can't move anywhere when we're in overwhelm. We are shut down. Or that's that's the danger. So as soon as we notice we're in overwhelm, we've got to get back into challenge and, com- and then to comfort. And then once we've experienced that again, we can go out for a new challenge. So one of the things I leaned on to get back out of overwhelm into the, chal- the good challenge zone was naming it, what I already brought up. So in my group, I named it. I said, I had this, this great thing happened. I challenged myself. I felt a success, but then I slipped over into overwhelm and I was spinning around and losing sight of logic and all these fears were coming up. And then what came back was so much more both externally and internally in response to help me build that foundation so that next time my edge of challenge and overwhelm around recording and releasing a podcast will be farther out. It will look different because I have more of a foundation. So what happened? A lot. What I can name right now was that I got feedback from this amazing group of colleagues. One, other people said, I felt that too. They described situations where they also have had the spins after doing something new or where they're currently feeling that from expanding in these ways because we're in this group where we're helping each other expand. So I heard me too, and that was really helpful to reduce that sense of isolation, that fear cluster around, I'm going to be out on my own. I can't survive there. And then whether it came directly out of somebody's mouth or was um, a paraphrasing, it also, this the spins got framed as a sign of growth, which I've already said something about a sign of expansion so that reframing helped again language can help bring us from overwhelm into challenge or into our comfort zone by giving structure to something by applying logic by by saying we know how to make sense of this here is the shape of it this is not something wholly unknown and another thing that has happened since that group sharing is I, my mind organized this process into a story. So I saw the comfort challenge, overwhelm image. I thought about naming it. I thought about this process that I was going through that I had just experienced. But also I went back to the thing that gave me the spins initially. What happened? I'm starting a podcast. That is the growth edge. Why am I doing that? So this is another really important thing. So first, I'm starting a podcast. It brought it down from something really big. Like, am I a human who deserves to be in this world? What does it mean to be a human? What is the world? All of these huge, nebulous, really scary questions for another day. I brought it to something very simple. I am a human named Monica. I'm starting a podcast. And then to remind myself of why I'm doing that, why I'm risking the spins, why I am challenging myself. And it is to let life flow through me, to be free. That is the core thing is the more I am generous, the more I get out of my own way, the freer I will be. And 
Freedom feels fucking good. And to be generous and to share. So my why helped ground me. The what helped ground me. And I also, if I gave in to the spins, if I gave in to the overwhelm and went back and said, I don't know if I can release this. I don't know if this is worthy. I don't know what this is anymore. And let that destroy this forward momentum of releasing that trailer episode, I would be unchecking a box on my to-do list, on my forward momentum. You know, I have a plan for moving forward and there are items waiting for that box to check and I checked it. And to give into that doubt would be unchecking it. And that was, I was not willing to do that. So moving forward and Again, going back to the naming it, by naming it, by, by letting my mind make this story around it and bringing it from overwhelm into challenge, into the comfort zone, or not, maybe I'm not in comfort zone yet, but back into challenge, I shifted the focus to what happens next, which is this recording. It freed up my mind to form thoughts that might be shareable, to to. I don't know how to say it differently. I have this image in my mind and I can't quite get it to words, which will happen, does happen a lot. So I think maybe I'm going to wrap up there. You probably heard as I talked an example of what I was talking about earlier, this blending. I have a hard time separating things because they are so blended for me. So naming the fears to free up your focus, naming the fears to get through them, and this idea of um, challenge being just at the edge of overwhelm. And that's where growth is. Growth is in that challenge area. So these these ideas are so blended for me. I hope I did a, a good enough job separating them that it makes sense. Again, I hope I make sense. And I think I do. I trust I do. So, oh, this is, that brings me to one more thing that I wanted to share. So um, if I, I just wrote out linearly, but you can do it, imagine it as circles or draw as circles. So comfort and then an arrow to challenge and then an arrow to overwhelm. And then those arrows going back the other way too. So one of the ways that I have learned to deal with anxiety and to learn a life where anxiety doesn't rule me as much, where my fears don't guide, don't drive my train as much, where they are, my fears are, are passengers, um, is to really develop my practices for getting from overwhelm to challenge and my practices from getting from comfort to challenge. So getting myself off my ass and moving and and learning new things and trying new things and acting instead of staying stuck in my mind. Those practices are super important. And a lot of that for me is, um, I think of it as like mottos, but just like very simple thoughts, like three words, like Nike's just do it. You know, it's like, as soon as I start to question why I'm doing something that I have felt that that is the right thing to do, I it's like a just do it energy. And then the practices to get me from overwhelmed to challenge. So I encourage you to notice those practices that you have already developed because I, you have them. And if you're feeling particularly overwhelmed, 
look for those practices or borrow mine from today if they're helpful because you have a robust set of practices to get you from overwhelm back into the challenge zone and then from there back into the comfort zone. You know what is comfortable. You know how to get there. Your body knows if your mind is having trouble right now. Ask your body. Um, Ask somebody around you if that feels more helpful. And if you're feeling like you're too comfortable, you also have a robust set of practices to get you from comfort into challenge, to get yourself off your ass. You can do it. You know how. Self-doubt is a passenger. Let it be there. Name it and go forward. So we're talking about trust, intuition, discerning when something feels right, when, the, when a challenge feels right, when something comes along and you say, yes, I want to do that. I want to expand in that way. You feel that or you can learn to feel that and distinguish that from something that came from somewhere else where it's like this pressure isn't yours to do something because you should. That's a very different energy. But when something comes along and you say, yes, I want to expand in that way, and then all of the fears and the self-doubt comes up, That's when you want to reach out for your practices to get you into that challenge zone, to get you actually moving, to get your feet actually stepping, to get your words actually saying, expressing out there. Um, And that takes discernment and learning for you how to feel those different energies and allowing the fear to be there. Okay, now I think this is complete. I'm going to say goodbye for today. Um, I hope you're enjoying this moment, whether it's a similarly drizzly, similarly springy day, whether it's a Thursday or any other day where you are right now listening at this time. I hope you find some enjoyment. Uh, Yeah, something sumptuous, something cozy in this moment or the next and until next time keep rocking on one last thing the music in this episode is from the song five by sleeping at last i use it with the generous permission of sleeping at last if you want to know more about the song and hear it in its entirety go check out the sleeping at last podcast episode number 13 called five and the enneagram this episode was produced by me and i appreciate you bearing with me as my skills develop in the meantime you get to hear a human being human unedited or minimally edited you're welcome more soon monica